Hey everybody, welcome to Comics on Film. I am Mike Cronin and I am joined with my co-host, Mike Cody. Say hey, kid. Hey, kid. What's up, America? <laughs> What's up? world we are uh two very funny guys um <laughs> do are, you are we allowed to say that is it is that okay oh are we gonna I'm get sorry. sued no yeah we're i'm gonna have to oh, fuck i gotta take that out um all right no no one's gonna hear this it's okay just say yeah, what oh, we shit. really are it's fine shit, shit. okay 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 we are two uh comics and uh we're i guess do you are you still a comic <laughs> no that- Stop lying. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We're going to get, we're gonna get sued again. Friends. Yay. <laughs> we're two good friends. We met in uh, Cincinnati doing stand-up comedy. We've, we've been great friends for about a decade now. And, uh, and now we've decided to do a podcast about something we love, which is comic book movies. Oh, that's what this is about? Oh. Yeah. I have been prepping all wrong. Oh, oh no. You're oh, doing incest God. movies, aren't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, the other thing it. that we both became friends around. And very passionate about. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. I will say that early on, you know, we we had a couple of... We didn't know what we were doing. So, That's just fair. bear with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, did, we didn't have a title um, for a while there. Nope. We, were, we were going with... A really great underrated idea that that I thought of, and uh, I'm going to defend passionately, called uh, Soup or Heroes, where it's like, yeah. would you rather watch this particular superhero film or eat a particular bowl of soup? And for yeah. some reason, you know, this idea wasn't met with continual fanfare. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but, you know, okay, so you're going to hear Mike. a lot of talk about soup. Now, Mike, you're going to get sued after this. Oh, Just God. No. Oh. Yeah. My lawyers Campbell's are pissed gonna... about that last statement. <laughs> Campbell's and Mike Cronin's lawyers are going to take me to town. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I will say I'm currently living in a uh, three-bedroom, 800-square-foot house with a, a baby and a massive dog. So the first episodes prominently feature uh, my baby crying and... Uh, a dog loudly chewing on a bone. So I want to apologize for that right up top, but it gets better, kids. And don't worry, guys, because in later episodes, you get to hear random clicking sounds as Mike's foster dogs walk through the room. So that's... Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it yeah. does get better, everybody. <laughs> it does get better. So stay tuned. Uh, thank you, and I hope you love our podcast, Comics on Film. Any closing words, kid? Oh, I thought that was pretty good right there. I was just going to let you trail off on that. You know what? Oh, shit, we should end it. Should I be bad cop? Yeah, you be bad cop. Hey, guess what, jerks? I hope you think the podcast sucks, and I hope you never listen to it again. No, don't do that. Just, oh, 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 sweetheart. I, no, he didn't no. mean that. Yeah. Baby, come on. Baby, come dry on. your little tears. <laughs> we're doing, Just trying to make doing. it work, baby. <laughs> hey, everybody. Listen, clicking sound. Mike's dog clicking just came sound. in the room. My dog came All in. Right. Um, it's, it's, we're doing a bad cop gaslighting cop. <laughs> oh no, sugar, you got it there. Come on, babe. You know, we'd never say that to you. <laughs> okay. Enjoy the show. This is two mics on two mics. Talking comic books on film. 
All right, welcome to our still untitled podcast. Uh, Wait, I thought we were doing soup or heroes. Is that... <laughs> well, you didn't pick a soup this week, so... Maybe you didn't pick a soup. Uh, I was laboring about that. Why do you think I kept asking to push back the start time? <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you have, a curried lentil? You know, it wasn't that far off from that. I went to Panera over the weekend, mm-hmm. in case you're wondering what I did. Thanks for not asking, Mike. Good. Um, I always ask you if you went to Panera this weekend. You never <laughs> once asked me. <laughs> And I got a, uh, it was a chicken tiki masala soup, what and it was surprisingly hell? delicious. Yeah, it was really good. It wasn't That's like an outrage. No, no, it was good. It wasn't like oh, okay. creamy, but it was a delightful um, chicken broth soup with lots of uh, with lentils in it okay. and lots of personality. All right. Well, if you insist, buddy. Um, I that's that's funny. I completely forgot about that. And then I we almost had white chicken chili for dinner. So. Ooh. Yeah, I love white chicken chili. How come? You, how come it was a near miss with the white chicken chili? What happened? Um, well, the last time I made it for Lindsay, she had a severe allergic reaction. Um, oh, and I think we—I don't think we went to the hospital, but it was like just to that point where we sh- probably should have. Like she was having trouble breathing, and her throat closed up. It, your soup is that bad? Yeah, that... it was that terrible. Wow. <laughs> no, the worst part was that it was really good. So she's like, I want more, but it would kill me. <laughs> Did you guys figure out what she had the allergic reaction to? I think it was the white beans, like the Canelli beans or huh. or whatever the white bean that went in it. Yeah. Wow. You sure it wasn't that ricin that you put in there? Um, no, because no, I've been giving her that for years, and she's she, she sucked <laughs> it down like a champ. By the way, guys, this is a soup or superheroes or murder podcast. So, yeah, so uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of a slow burn. <laughs> Mike's but, baby mama getting killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, tune in to find out. We gotta do a better job of playing up other suspects. I feel like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're making us really telegraphing this on the first episode. Hold on a second. Well, for once again, my dog is just chewing on the biggest bone right next to me. So I'm gonna take it away from her. You and your innuendo. <laughs> you shut your mouth. I'm gonna vamp while he's away from the mic. I told this guy I want to do a clean, largely Christian, non-denominational podcast. Well, and we're back. What'd you fucking say? No, I just I just said I love you. You want to fucking fight, bro? No, I want to love you, bro. <laughs> Come on, you got these big beefy tits in here. They're going to smack you around. <laughs> no, not your big beefy tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. I'll give you a beefy tit chili. <laughs> I, I would eat, uh, if someone was like, you want to try some beefy tit ghost pepper chili? I'd be like, hell yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should get into it. Yeah, I know. I'm having fun talking about my tits, too. Um, Can we do a Your Tits podcast? That could be be like the after the wrap-up podcast. (laughs) Tits all, folks. (laughs) Okay. Go go ahead. If you want to launch into the theme song that I know you've been writing and singing all week, go ahead. Go ahead and start singing now. It's fine. Simply the tits burn now, now. Better than his tiny bits. Better than anyone's. 
he, he's got man tits. <laughs> now I'm going to have simply your tits stuck in my head. <laughs> I like this superhero podcast, but why is it called simply your tits? <laughs> Uh, it just it just was the name that stuck. <laughs> um, well, today for our first episode, uh, we thought we would start out with the first movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mr. Jeremy Irons Man. I don't think that's what it's called. Oh, it's not? No, I don't oh. think so. I, I might have watched Die Hard on accident. No, it's called Iron Man of La Mancha. And oh, it's very good. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. That's this is the a, one I saw. This is a Mike Cronin idea. Uh, Mike had an excellent idea to start off with. Uh, the I feel like it's the granddaddy of uh, modern superhero movies. And yeah. It's still pretty awesome, man. This is a great, is. great movie. It really holds up very well. What's your connection to Iron Man? My connection to Iron Man... Um, I didn't really read those comics growing up. I don't know why I was more of a DC guy growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember going to see Iron Man when I was living in Minneapolis in the summer of 2008. And uh, they would always have, I think it was like, it was like $5 or $7 movies if you went on the Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I went that day and it was like amazing. It was so great. Yeah. And it was like a really stressful time too. And like, uh, like money problems were awful. My career was going absolutely nowhere, but just going to escape for two hours and watch Iron Man. And then, you know, between that and the dark night, uh, it was just like two of my favorite moments of that year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I was living, uh, in Cincinnati and me and my friend used to do this thing where we would go to a movie at noon and then just sneak into movies for the rest of the day. Nice. And, we did that with um, Iron Man. I I forget. It was like a an amazing triple feature. It was Iron Man. I want to say some kids movie, like a Pixar or something, and then Jackass. Ooh. Uh, maybe I wonder what which one came out that year. Um, I don't remember. Was that was that three D or was three D after that? No, three D was after that. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm way off on that. But um, yeah, uh, I remember seeing it and I was so excited for it because I was always a comic book movie fan. Um, I didn't really read the comics like you. But right before that, I had seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, yeah, that one's great. And I yeah, and I was like, uh, kind of hesitant about watching it because of like all the Robert Downey Jr. hate because that was like his first movie back, I think. And he was just so good in it. And then I found out he was going to be like a superhero. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He was, Um, it's so crazy to think of him. Like he anchored the MCU. I mean, he started off yeah. beautifully and he never wavered no matter what. But he was a pretty gutsy choice at the time because he was, yeah. I don't know. Is is there anybody who is as famous of like an addict right now who's experiencing a career resurgence? I mean, like, I hate to throw her under the bus, but like maybe Natasha Lyonne. Um, yeah, but maybe like Robert Downey Jr. Everyone was like, yeah, this guy's just, you know, like washed up and he's an addict and he's never going to be anything again. And he just bounces back to become the best thing ever. The cornerstone of one of my favorite things of all time. It's amazing. Yeah, he was the best. He's so good in these movies. And uh, sorry, I'm still trying to look up Jackass. Uh, 
I figured like you're either you're either getting like bad news texts or you were looking up jackass. Yeah, um, I'm completely off on this. I guess it was like two years earlier that I went to jackass. But um, what the hell did you go see, man? What I don't did you know. See? I don't know, Mike. Did you even see anything? No, I didn't. I lied to you. I was trying to sound cool that I snuck into a movie. Oh, I actually paid extra for it. Oh, <laughs> I remember. I remember sneaking into Jackass though because we were old enough, but we just like snuck into it because we watched another movie before it. Mm-hmm. And like ten minutes into the movie, ushers come by and start checking everyone's ticket. And me and my friend are freaking out, like, "Oh fuck, they're gonna <laughs> finally catch us!" <laughs> and they walk up to us and they look at me and my friend. They go, "Can I see your? Ah, you guys look old enough." And then walked away. And we're like, "Oh, we oh, they were just it. ID checking." Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Good thing they weren't loser checking, or else uh, you hey, guys what the been... hell? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I saw it in theaters. I loved it, and then I got it on DVD, and I fell asleep to it probably thirty, forty times. It's a good movie to fall asleep to. Yeah, except for when you have the DVD, and then the theme song just plays all night <laughs> yeah I, I had a roommate who liked to fall asleep to the uh the born movies and i would oh, just God. be laying in bed and just be like that like and i'm just trying to sleep and like i was like terrified of confrontation so i didn't want to go out there and say anything but it's all night long and then that friend uh shit on your community futon Actually, he did, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I, I fucking knew it. <laughs> He's going to hear this one of these days, and I'm going to get a very sad Facebook message. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he gets, you bastard. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's get on it, man. Let's get get on it. Um, I love that. This was another thing I loved about this movie is that more than any other super mo- superhero movie, it's set in the real world. Like it happens. It just starts out in Afghanistan during the war on terror. And you're just like in the shit. And that was probably my one big beef about the X-Men movies is that they never really talked about 9-11 enough. D- did you not see X-Men 2.6? No. It's, it's, it's weird. It's a yeah. lot of Xavier just talking about how nothing actually hit the pentagon <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it that'd be great if there was a there was like 30 minutes of x2 where professor x is just drunk and he's just muttering to himself about 9 11 <laughs> he's like shut fuel can't melt steel beams <laughs> i don't know why he's scottish but like <laughs> This was the this was clearly the act of mystique. That saucy bitch. <laughs> I had her before you did, Magneto. <laughs> and she was my sister. <laughs> it's my personal nine eleven. <laughs> so Iron Man's he's having a good time in the Jeep and um uh I was looking up some facts and I found out that this movie is uh they weren't they didn't finish the script, so it's largely improvised. Really? Yeah. They were like they hadn't finished the script and before they started shooting. So a lot of it is just ad libbed and like 
Robert Downey Jr. would do like 20 takes and they would just take like the best, the best thing. But John yeah. Favreau credits that for why it sounds so conversational and real, like the dialogue. Huh. That's pretty fantastic. Like, I never would have guessed that. I mean, it yeah, makes perfect same. sense. I thought mm-hmm. it was like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is just, you know, such like a naturally charismatic actor and they just had a great script. But yeah. wow. It's kind of amazing, too, that like John Favreau like was given that much freedom, you know, to like have largely improvised comedy scenes in the first chapter of what is hopefully going to be a billion dollar franchise if they don't screw it up. And then it's yeah. like, ah, just go for it. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just let this recovering addict <laughs> just riff. That's cool. Yeah, I, I heard John Favreau had to fight hard for Robert Downey Jr. But his pitch was that, like, if anyone's going to play Tony Stark, why not have it be a guy who's lived a pretty identical life of being really rich and famous and then crashing and burning and... absolutely. It, and rising from the ashes. I wonder who else they wanted to play. Uh, like if they hadn't gotten the clear to play Robert Downey Jr. Like have Robert, Robert Downey Jr. play Iron Man. Like who would have played Iron Man? Uh, I heard it was offered to Hugh Jackman. And Tom Cruise was really interested in it as well. Really? Yeah. Huh. That would have been a very different vibe. But if, I feel like he would have been a good Tony Stark. He but he wouldn't have, have been yeah. like as fun of a Tony Stark. No, definitely like not. at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> it would have Just changed. a lot of running. Like, in the the suit like clink 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 clink. (laughs) it was a lot of like him ripping off the suit to jump out of a plane (laughs) you have rockets in your suit he's he's like riding a motorcycle to fight Obadiah's (laughs) thing so let's see we're in the beginning they're in the junk in the junk in the uh in the jungle um I watched Tropic Thunder is that the right one? <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> they're, they're in the desert and their Humvee gets blown up. And um, I love that that scene, like the action in that is so you like really feel the panic in Robert Downey Jr.'s. Everybody just, even the one guy's like, stay here. And then he just gets blown up. Just, yeah, just iced immediately. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> I really like it's so dumb, but I really like that his reaction when he sees his missile hit the ground right by him is to try to kick it. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like his reaction, like that's he was like kind of the one time of the whole movie you're not like, well, he's got this under control. He's just kind of like, <laughs> <Yeah. "Durr!" laughs> um, but um, the one part of that that I loved is that it was another thing I don't remember seeing in a superhero movie and we talked about this we did a test pilot of the wolverine how in previous superhero movies you don't really see blood you know you see like like wolverine hacking people with his claws but you never see the blood and in that one it's kind of like a very realistic moment of he gets shot with shrapnel and then he opens up his shirt and blood like slowly pours out all over his shirt i thought that was like a really cool scene it is cool especially because even though like that's a pretty grisly way to open up the movie, it's not a bloody movie at all. I I can't think of many other scenes other than you know the obligatory hero gets hit a couple times and she's like and he's got a bloody nose or like a <laughs> slight cut above his eyebrow. Like there's yeah. really no other blood in the whole movie, but uh, except for that yeah, super yeah. visceral spot of Tony getting ripped open at the beginning. Yeah, and then. Um... We go into the flashbacks, and I like we're so far removed from it now that it was like shocking for me to see Terrence Howard as, uh, 
as Rhodey. I was like, what's he? Do? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the original Rhodey. That's such a crazy story about him. I don't think they ever fully explained why he didn't get brought back for the other ones. But I heard that one of the reasons they didn't is because he had some crazy stipulation in his contract where he would always be the highest paid person in like an Iron Man movie because he was more of a proven commodity than Robert Downey Jr. was. So he got that in there. So like if Robert Downey Jr. needs like $30 million to come back, then like (laughs) Terrence Howard has to make $30 million and $1 or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he was paid more for this than Robert Downey Jr. Because like we said earlier, Robert wasn't a proven actor back on his feet yet. So yeah, and also I heard that just John Favreau struggled with him, I guess, directing and and getting him into the part. And I'm sure some of that had to do with ad-libbing with with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I think Terrence mentioned like being frustrated that he couldn't really see where Robert was going to go and with like certain lines and stuff and kind of struggled with that. So he's just not a good improviser then? Is what it sounds like? Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. so. Which, like, you don't think Robert being that, but he was on Saturday Night Live for a season, so he's got chops. That's right. When was he? Was he on like the Joe Piscopo times? Was he on like, no, like after Eddie Murphy after left that. or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it was when it was like that All Star year with um, Martin Short and like that Billy Crystal and all those huge people, and then they left, and then. Uh, Lauren came back and it was like Robert Downey Jr., uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Wow. And it was it was nine cast members and John Lovitz. And then the next year, John Lovitz was the only one who got back. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Do you think there was ever a moment when they were like, look, guys, Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor. I'm sure he'd make a fantastic Iron Man. But they brought back John Lovitz. (laughs) Should we roll the dice (laughs) and have (laughs) nasally Iron Man? (laughs) I'm I'm a billionaire. (laughs) I'm a billionaire. Jealous. (laughs) <laughs> rockets i've had a few <laughs> oh no that's all i want to see <laughs> it's just like out of shape too he doesn't bother getting in shape so it's just a fat iron man armor around him <laughs> it's like got a pudgy gut like sticking out of it so like he's wearing the iron monger outfit but it's like a little snug <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a growing boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love the um, reporter scene when he picks up the reporter. Mm-hmm. It's a little slut shamey, but I just love the burn that Pepper Potts has on her. I do everything for Mr. Stark, including take out the trash. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that lady That's... banged Tony Stark and then still got like front row at his press conference later on. Like, <laughs> how desperate is Vanity Fair for a quality reporter that they weren't like, that's cool, but what? It, what? <laughs> All right. We're getting that ugly broad to <laughs> cover this next one. <laughs> uh, I do like later, uh, it's one of my favorite lines of the movie when uh, she runs back into him to tell him that they're like still selling his weapons. And uh, and she goes, can I get your thoughts on, uh, on what happened? And he goes, um, panic? 
Because he thinks she's like talking about them hooking up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that lady was. Uh, oh yeah. Did that lady do anything else? Like, should we? I feel like we should know her from something else. She looks familiar. At the time, she was in a lot of movies, and I think she was in a sitcom following that. Maybe Happy Endings or something like that. Okay. But yeah, I remember when the movie came out, I saw her and I was like, oh, I know her from something. Yeah, she's got that uh, like blonde girl that was famous for three years kind of look about her. I don't know. Just... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So when Tony is working in his garage in the beginning before he he gets kidnapped, I think the least believable part in the movie is how shitty of a song he's listening to while he's just down there by himself. I don't remember that. What it's was like, the song? It's like some old punk song where it's just a guy rambling that like it doesn't even match the music. <laughs> and every time I watch this movie, I was like, that's the one part of the movie I'm like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> like, I want to mute it or fast forward. It just, just gets under my skin. I don't know why. I just feel like it doesn't fit Tony's character hmm. at all. Okay. I got to listen to the soundtrack and see uh, what song you're talking about. But yeah, and then then in Afghanistan, I like the uh, Jericho presentation. Very effective. Um, very effective, yeah. And I like, I do like that he, he either mistimed it or did it on purpose for effect, but the shockwave that like blows him forward a little bit, like knocks him off his balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was like a, a good touch of like, yeah, I feel like he, he, because he, later he says, if I did the math correctly, and I always do, <laughs> like this would happen. So I feel like he did it on purpose just to be like, oh, whoops. You do. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about that scene is just that like he's been doing this so many times that it's like a performance in Vegas. Like there's no sweating. Yeah. There's no worrying. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to kill it. I don't know any other way to do it. I'm going to give them my best 45 seconds, but I'm also still going to half-ass it. And that's exactly what he did. And everyone's like, sign me up. It was so great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So perfect. I also love, and I was thinking about this, that before Iron Man, that's his most successful weapon, I guess. Mm. And it seems like his most technologically advanced weapon. And it's really just a scatter bomb. It's not like it's that crazy impressive, but it's also like... It's also way better than anything that Justin Hammer comes up with in the sequel. <laughs> Justin Hammer, um, I feel like that character doesn't get enough love. Like, really, it's yeah. so bad that the tanning solution that's all over the hands and <laughs> <laughs> like all over his palms and everything like that. <laughs> and I love like when he tries to make a joke at the presentation, it just gets crickets. <laughs> like, he's such a shithead. That was another one I heard. They um he was up for the part of iron man too oh, get out, really? or iron man Sam Rockwell? Also, yes. oh man yeah and then but they loved him so they're like you got to come back for the sequel <laughs> there's so much i want to say about sam rockwell in that movie we got to save that for that episode but yeah i could yeah. go off in like about 10 minutes about his brilliance God, so yeah <laughs> i know i know the second one gets so much shit because it is it's very clunky of a movie i feel like it just had to be the sacrificial lamb in a way to set up all the the marvel lore in the future yeah but god justin just sam rockwell is so good in that it's crazy too because like our iron man set up a heck of a lot and you know left some doors open for other things to get set up too but it never felt clunky at all everything just would just glide from one thing to another to set up shield you know they set up all the main Mm -hmm. characters you you got to meet uh you know nick fury in the the end credits scene um 
they introduced the Ten Rings and, you know, the first of 27 different arc- incarnations of what the Ten Rings <laughs> <Yeah>. are. But <laughs> the one <laughs> <laughs> before they retconned it twice. <laughs> each each time kind of more baffling than the last, but that's another. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they did so much and it just like just just smooth the whole way through. So impressive. Yeah, definitely. And uh, all right, let's move it along into the man. When they cut back to him waking up in the cave, that him removing the the nose thing is so gnarly. Oh yeah, I don't know how they did that, but like he just keeps pulling and pulling. <laughs> I wish it had kept coming and it had like handkerchiefs tied together at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and Jensen's like, got ya. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I have a big Yinsen comment, but I want to, I'm going to save it to see if you mention it before. <laughs> okay, well, this leads me right to my next question. And this is, uh, I think it'll be a reoccurring thing in our podcast. Do you think Tony and Yensen hooked up in the cave? That was not the Yensen question I thought you were going to go for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. Look, man, I'm a Tony Yinsen shipper from way back. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, from from when they met yeah. in, in 99. Ooh, it's hot. That's why I got so drunk yeah. at that party. He's just yeah. Yinsen fever. <laughs> Yinsanity, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, hot damn. What was your question? Can I... What was... All right. So just watching this movie again, it didn't occur to me. They've been together... They're building the freaking Iron Man. They've been together for days. This guy saved his life. And then Tony goes, hey, what's your name anyway? Like, what? <laughs> They've literally been together for weeks. Weeks? Yeah, I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's three months is the total. What the f- <laughs> What? <laughs> Dude, he saved your life. You don't want to know his name? <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. also his name's Yinsen. You could have been like, yeah. how come we're not going to riff about the fact that the dude's name is, that's not even a real name. I'm sorry. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's so weird. You should just call him like, hey man, hey glasses. Like what was he? Yeah. <laughs> Probably, you know how snarky Tony yeah, gets. Yeah, but I don't know. I'd be like, hey bro, we've He's already like, had yeah, sex in this cave. Like, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like the way he treats Thor later and stuff. Like, you know, he probably called him Balky for the first two Balky. months. <laughs> that was my one thing. Yeah. He's like, hey, Middle Eastern Mr. Clean, can you have over here? I did love Jensen, though. I think that that actor was great. And mm-hmm. I like the character. Same here. He like he had like just enough. You know, it wasn't going to end well for him. You know, even if you don't know the Iron Man story, you know, yeah. it's not going to end well. But it's like he had just enough mm-hmm. gravity and he just seemed like a decent, he was like a decent moral compass for Tony without overdoing it. It was, he played it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, maybe I didn't pick up on it before, but just how much his death really affects Tony and kind of makes him change his ways completely. Like in that later when Pepper like quits, she's like, I'm not going to help you kill yourself. And then he like kind of breaks it down to her like, there's only the next mission. It's like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after that, he's like, I was given a second chance. Um, he's like, I really need to earn it. Yeah. It's it's almost like Tony had been like living in this state of like his parents' death messed him up so badly. And understandably mm-hmm. so that he'd just been living in this world of like arrogant adolescence. Like even though it should yeah. have like driven him into adulthood and like, oh, I'm a man now. I have to grow up. It's like it made him more of a child and 
than ever before, but like losing, you know, another person just like, okay, all right, I'm back in this. Let's get real. Now, this is my beef with, um, with this part of the movie is how did they not realize he's building a suit when the fake Mandarin is watching him on a CCTV camera operate what is clearly a leg gear? Like back and forth. I don't know. Maybe they thought it's just a, just a, a part where he's sitting on the table and he clearly has like a leg brace on and he's kicking it and there's like a gear moving next to him. Mm. First, Tony Stark puts glowing orb into chest. <laughs> Next, attaching robot parts to body. This is going to be a great missile. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that was like a also, like a chest and and suzanne summer's thigh master controlled missile like he was just gonna like <laughs> pump and squeeze and well, i don't that know could be it. another another thing i did is why did they need a computer program to run the suit that is like essentially full of like home alone style like <laughs> little things that shoot like fireballs and stuff i i read someplace that um the original operating system for um, the Iron Man suit was where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Um, <laughs> I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't... <laughs> I think I read somewhere that if you look closely, it's the Lego Connects program <laughs> that helps power those, which I think is like it's a nod to that, but also like I guess how Wait, is that re- is that, that true? Was... I thought you were just I thought yeah, you were doing yeah. a bit. Then no, he kept going. True. I was like, oh, he's he's serious. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, serious. Please. I guess that was like. The only um, software that Iron Man could get his hands on in the cave it was just like Lego Connects. <laughs> Maybe that's like the most advanced form of software in whatever cave they were holding him in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Latest edition. <laughs> and then like we talked about, you know, the, the blood coming out earlier. I think the most brutal part is when he's escaping and he just, I mean, just destroys like 10 people, just like punches them into walls and then then lights probably 30 guys on fire. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, <laughs> like and people are like exploding. <laughs> yeah. Engulfed like, in a giant flame ball. <laughs> like, it was actually pretty amazing that he was able to pull that off. Uh, and then he just <laughs> yeah. flies away somehow. <laughs> Yeah, and then he gets out, he gets rescued, and I thought Burger King was an odd choice for a billionaire, especially based in L.A. <laughs> you know, you think he would go to, like, In-N-Out immediately? He wanted good old-fashioned American diarrhea. Like, a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I actually read somewhere... Um... On your phone right now? Is that where you read it? Yes, oh, I read it right okay. here on my on my wow. phone. In an interview with Britain's Empire Magazine, Robert Downey Jr. thanked Burger King for helping him get straight-edged in 2003 with a car full of drugs. He had a burger that was so disgusting it made him rethink his life. (laughs) And he dumped the drugs in the ocean. (laughs) And so they used it for the movie. (laughs) And Burger King was like, yeah, we'll sponsor your movie. So they have like an exclusive deal with Burger King for like Iron Man toys. Wait, that was really like that's what got him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah, he ate, a, he ate a Whopper. And he was like, "What is my life?" Was it like, was it a really bad Whopper or just an average Whopper? Like, I gotta know. Like, was it? Like... I don't... <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> 
Oh man, I was laughing so hard when I read that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also uh Jeff Bridges is giving us like 60% through most of this movie and I'm loving it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I felt like he that was all he really needed to give for most of it. It's just a charming, yeah. glad handing, like, oh look at Tony. Like you can tell he hates him the whole time, but like <laughs> he was just the right amount for me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I wrote that, and this is another thing. I some like trivia I looked up is that Jeff Bridges said he felt really uncomfortable not having a script or rehearsals since he's normally very prepared and professional mm. uh, and knows his lines word for word. And then he said, realizing it was like improv was like being in a two hundred million dollar student film, and it took the pressure off him. And then he started having fun. Oh, that's good. So he was liking it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think you get that towards the end, especially like in the dramatic scenes when he's like screaming mm-hmm. at the guy and he's like, Tony Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> he's like, I want you to build me one and give it monster voice. <laughs> I love that line. Uh, I was trying to find it. I wrote it down because it's so funny the way he delivers it. He goes, Tony Stark built that in a cave <laughs> with a bunch of scraps. He like, there's like a, such a long pause. <laughs> and the second part is so silly. It like diminishes the first part. Of it. <laughs> I just wanted to hear like alternate takes of that. Tony Stark built it in a cave with trinkets and knickknacks. <laughs> Tony Stark. <laughs> configured that in a crevice <laughs> I built a freaking flamethrower in it Tony Stark configured that in an underground dwelling with a connector set and a widower Tony Stark jipper jabbed <laughs> I got nothing <laughs> If you can't build me an Iron Man suit, then Tony Stark is a million as billionaire. <laughs> oh man, that scene where um, where Pepper is is fixing putting in the new thing. Oh, it's it gives me chills every time. I know it's such a good special effect. But there was one point, Russ. I was watching the whole scene this time, going like, "How did they do that?" And then I just like I found myself staring at Robert Downey Jr.'s nipples, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, those are rubber. That's how." <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. He had like a fake body. Oh, so it was like front his of his head, body. like poking out the top, and then it was all yeah. Halloween the rest of the way down. You- okay. You kind of see it because in the very beginning, his head is at a very weird angle. Okay. Because I think he he didn't realize it. And then I think the director was like, hey, you got to move your head a little bit. Because it's like, he's supposed to be sitting like this, but his head is like like way back. Cool that they did it with practical effects. I just, I don't know. Anymore, nothing really surprises me. Because like, I just assume like, nah, it's just on a computer. Whatever. Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'll make a spaceship fly out of this guy. Like, hey, I just reach into his hands with a, <laughs> you know, computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's very cool. The part where she's yeah, like, yeah. it smells. That gets me every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's like, it's not from my body. It's from discharge from the machine. And she's like, is that better? <laughs> is this Gwyneth Paltrow's best role? I think for me um, it might be, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean <laughs> I don't know. She is like um I think she also mentioned having the same problem as Jeff Bridges. 
mm. of like not knowing where Tony's going to go and um, kind of struggling with the improv stuff. But I think she's great in it. She is great. And she doesn't seem like, I mean, there's editing involved, of course, but it doesn't seem like she's struggling yeah. at any point. It seems like she's having yeah, a good yeah. time and she's, whether she is or she's not, she seems pretty relaxed. And yeah, yeah. I think that's why I like her better in this than anything else I've seen her in. Is she doesn't seem like all, you know, perfect and prepared and, you know, all weird and Gwyneth Paltrow-y. Mm -hmm. I laugh really hard at the end of the movie when um, he's like, maybe you could be my girlfriend. And he's like, she's like, oh, you're talking about that date that we had where we had a romantic moment and then you went to get drinks and then you left me upstairs. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, will that be all, Mr. Stark? <laughs> he's like, yes, Pepper. <laughs> I love that. I also love that uh, Tony built a smart robotic arm mm -hmm. that makes mistakes just so he could make fun of it. Yeah, and that shows shame. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can make fun of it, and it'll dip its little like, like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love the the suit building stuff. I love that it's not a montage. They like split it up, yeah, into into different scenes, and that's it's like a building scene, a plot scene, building scene, plot scene. It, in every other superhero movie before this, it was like it would just be montage heavy, and then back to the plot. Mm -hmm. and, and I like that they split it up like that because it just shows the progression over time and and stuff actually happening in that time and stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that like Iron Man could be Iron Man without the perfected suit. Like he's still yeah. he's Iron Man every step of the way. He doesn't need like you know, it's like some hero movies like at that time they would almost like wait to put him in the suit until like the last twenty minutes of the movie and then he would still take the mask off mm -hmm. anyway. But uh this one it's like, yeah, he's him the whole time, just like he's just upgrading, which I think is great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love when he goes to the benefit and like some like sexy lady is right outside and she's like, Hey Tony, remember me? And he goes, sure don't. And just walks by. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing that uh, John Favreau said about Tony, about Robert Downey Jr. Is that he can be, uh, he can play a guy being a complete asshole. Who's also insanely charming at the exact same time. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah when they made stan lee hugh hefner i thought that was just a great use of that cameo that was fantastic <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he just like turns around so confused he's like what uh -huh. it was literally the least he had to do in any of the movies and it was still probably yeah. still probably top five of all the ones <laughs> he said it was his favorite cameo of all oh, time really? uh -huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, I also love how throughout the movie, Pepper and Tony blow off Coulson so many times when he's like an important government agent <laughs> and he ends up saving, like being a hero at the end, saving Pepper from the Ironmonger. Mm -hmm. It's it's so crazy, like how important like Coulson winds up being to the whole story, too. Like there's nothing about mm -hmm. that that makes you think like, yeah, this guy's death is going to be the impetus that makes the Avengers closer. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I also read that that was a much smaller part, but, but just seeing the dynamic between Clark Gregg and the other actors, they just kept adding to it. Clark Gregg, I'll tell you what, that is the most resilient Marvel actor killed in the worst way possible. Came back for his own <laughs> TV show <laughs> for nine seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never watched a single one of them. <laughs> No, <laughs> Colson died to me a long time ago. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
yeah, the dance is great. I love that um that Pepper is like just explaining to Tony is like just you dancing with me is putting me in such a bad light because you're such a man whore. Yeah, that now everyone's gonna think I sleep with you to keep my job. Mm-hmm. And like it never would have occurred to Tony at all. Yeah, I do agree, disagree with her saying that she her dress was ridiculous. I thought it was very nice. Nothing about it was ridiculous. I thought it was like. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Pepper has like low self esteem. She thinks that like she just can't go out looking nice for a night. Not fair. Yeah. Be, be fair to you, Pepper. Mm-hmm. Right. You be you, Pepper. You got it going on, girl. Yeah. I was talking to you, but also. Pepper. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Your beefy tits. Come on, girl. <laughs> I did a uh, I did a very dumb show in Chicago. It was uh, it's called Arguments and Grievances. Okay. I don't know why I said it was dumb. It was really fun, and it's a great idea. But it, you take. It's just two people arguing two topics. It doesn't matter if they're related or not. And I went up against Mike O'Keefe and nice. um and it was Iron Man versus Macho Man. I think I know which one O'Keefe had. Yeah. Yeah, he was <laughs> Macho Man. <laughs> and uh and for some reason I just decided to play a Southern lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and just me saying Peppa Potts. <laughs> I, I just loved it so much. I just kept saying it over and over again. Did you do a, did you do like uh like a costume or anything like that? Did you go with that far into it? Yeah, I, I it was it was like short notice, so I didn't I couldn't like find like a a great costume, but I I had a suit jacket on and uh and I I carried a hanky and I wiped my face a couple <laughs> of times. That's all you need. <laughs> Yeah, and I called him Mr. Iron Man. Now, Mr. Iron Man, which have you believe? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, I love that. Another emotional trigger is that the the town where the where the missiles are is Gomira, which is where Jensen was from. Was was like a great yeah way to get Tony involved. Yeah, and I love the scene where the, he's just angrily putting on the Iron Man suit, like it's just snapping around him. When they cut to his face, he's just like, I'm mad. <laughs> I don't care like what crime I was going to avenge. If I was getting buttoned into a big metal robot suit, I'd be like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like wait, <laughs> I'm going to avenge my my parents' murder. <laughs> and all that stuff, like the special effects, really hold up in this movie. It's like so so good and so simple. I love when he's getting strapped, or I think he's testing the suit, and all the flaps and stuff are moving and like calibrating. Yeah, light. It, it reminds me of like um, I don't know. I, I'm. It reminds me of like if they had just taken like the Transformers movies and just like really toned it down, like just giving people what they yeah. want and just give them like simple looking robots that people could tell what the heck was going on. It, it, right. They should have been like that with Iron Man, like just enough moving yeah. where you're like, Oh, that's cool. But not so much that you're like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, I was actually thinking about the Transformers movies because they, I don't know what it is. It's like reflections or shadows or something, but it's just so much going on so fast that you never know who's fighting in the Transformers movies. Like until they stop moving, you're like, oh, that was Optimus Prime and fucking a bus. <laughs> Wait, was he fucking a bus or was that the name of a character in one of the movies that I missed? Fucking <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> a bus. <laughs> Optimus fucking a bus. <laughs> I'm going to come enter John. <laughs> I love uh, 
another thing that made me laugh is how tiny the missile is that that he shoots to blow up the tank. It's so dinky. <laughs> yeah. It's so tiny. It makes the most massive explosion. If that had been like a Justin Hammer missile, it would have like just exploded in the suit or like just bounced yeah. onto the floor. Like this. <laughs> I think Terrence Howard is so good in the plane scene where he looks like genuinely scared when the plane's going down and Iron Man has to save like his his Mm -hmm. guy when Tony is getting the suit undone and Pepper walks in that's just such a great line he's like you've caught me doing weirder shit (laughs) I remember um Obadiah's turn shocking me the first time because it goes so fast from like hey I'm your buddy until like I knocked you out of the board and I'm trying to fuck you I um I knew I had a feeling he was going to wind up being the bad guy just because Obadiah yeah. Stane doesn't sound like a good guy. Name. That's true. <laughs> like, if, we're going, if we're going full Marvel comics here, that doesn't sound like a jolly best friend. Happy Hogan. That's yeah, true. that's a pal. <laughs> Obadiah Stane. <laughs> yeah, he just becomes like so menacing and charming at the same time when Pepper is uh, trying to take the info off his computer. Yeah, that's he really kills it in that scene. Yeah, some, and like yeah, just about every line that he has, it could be taken like two or three different ways. So like you really don't even know what he's actually saying to Pepper because it sounds kind of like, well, what are we going to do about this? Like, did he catch her or, oh, he's just talking mm-hmm. about Tony. And then he has like three more lines that are like that before you finally center in on what he's doing. Ah, so great. Yeah, there's a lot of um, a very subtle things in that in that scene with when he's like playing the piano mm-hmm. in Tony's house because mm-hmm. he's playing... Um, He's playing a song from a, I think it was like Mozart's rival. Oh, okay. So it was like the setup that, and then he calls the arc reactor his Ninth Symphony, which is, I guess, most conductors, their symphony that becomes famous after they die is their Ninth Symphony. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Did you, did and, you just happen um, to know all this? Or were you doing some deep? Deep, deep Wikipedia. Can I be honest with you? And this is uh, embarrassing, but um, every time <laughs> on TikTok, I like my TikTok algorithm now is almost all like, did you know Marvel facts? <laughs> it's like, did you know an Iron Man? And I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that. Were you doing that before the podcast or like, like, did it just kind of work out that way before the podcast? No, it? it just worked out that okay. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like you've sent me like three of them and I'm always like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm like, <laughs> oh god i hope i I must have been drunk when i did it like god he's gonna like this no but there is one that uh it's a, somebody made like a 10 minute montage of like when tony makes a mistake in a movie in a later movie he corrects that mistake okay that's interesting like um in this one i noticed that um he rips out obi's targeting system mm-hmm which is what saves him in the end. And then Captain America must have heard that from him. And then he does it to him in civil war. Okay. And, uh, and then after that, in infinity war, Tony builds, it's kind of a Jericho. Actually, he, it's, it's, he shoots a missile that has smart missiles in it. Yeah. That all find their targets be, in case somebody knocks out their targeting system. Huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and ends up uh, when he takes the um, arc reactor out. Who saves the day? But old dummy. Old dummy kills it completely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would say maybe old dummy could have done a little bit more. Maybe old dummy could have yeah. smashed the thing and like you know stuck it into his chest for him <laughs> instead of like here you go, boss. 
<laughs> so are you dying? <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just a fucking idiot, no. <laughs> Old Dum Dum is the most beloved Marvel character to not get their own Disney Plus series. And I think it's about time we can... <laughs> Echo's going to get her own series, for God's sake. Like... <laughs> Hawkeye I got think a series. They canceled it. <laughs> I think they actually canceled Echo. Good. Or they postponed it for like four years. Good. Like, I finally finished watching Hawkeye like two weeks ago. And like, I was like, oh boy, this character sucks. And I was like, what? She's getting her own series? What? <laughs> <laughs> I could have given the pizza dog his own uh, series and I would have been happy. <laughs> well, hell yeah. I'd watch that. Um, oh yeah. Terrence Howard, when he sees the other Iron Man suit, he, he looks at it for a second and then he goes, uh, next time, baby. <laughs> and this is the first time I realized that there's no arc reactor in it. So he would have just been like walking in an empty suit that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't even put, like, he's got, like, it's like, wait for me, Tony, I'll help you. There's no Jarvis in it or anything like that. It's just, like, it cuts to his face inside. He's just sweating because he's got, no weapons he can't do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, the finale is so great when he uh, he beats Ironmonger and then they have the press conference and then he goes, the first time I saw it, I was blown away that he just outed himself. He's just like, fuck it. I am Iron Man. He didn't say fuck it. I, I edit that. Yeah, you... I, I wanted to impress you. You know what, Mike? I'm more impressed by people who work clean. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> you piece of shit. But that's... <laughs> um, that was actually an ad lib. I am, I am Iron Man. He just did that on the fly, and Kevin Feige loved it so much that it kind of changed the whole shape of the Marvel universe to where almost everybody doesn't have a have a secret identity after that. Wait, they had that little of the script written? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what well, what was, was actually was, written in this script? Like, <laughs> he was going to go with the training exercise thing, and I guess just deliver that and. What? I guess on the day he's just like, fuck it, I am Iron Man. Could you imagine like how that movie would have ended? It actually wasn't me. I was on a yacht. (laughs) 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 Well, in Endgame, he uh that was an ad lib too, when he says I am inevitable, and then he says, and I am Iron Man. And I think they did it during reshoots or something, and um yeah, they had to change a bunch of stuff then, too. Huh. I'd yeah. love to know what they had him said there. <laughs> I'm never, I don't know. I'm a bad widow boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm going to die. I hate you 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. I hate you 5,000. And that probably would have been a lot better, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then there's that classic after the credit scene with sam jackson hiding in his house like a weirdo they it's so crazy like sam jackson had what maybe what like four sentences in that and Mm -hmm. just set up the next decade of our movie going experience with just a couple (laughs) words yeah insane and uh i wanted to ask you a question about Mm -hmm. this why is nick fury wearing a black turtleneck and a leather duster jacket in malibu Oh, did you know that when you lose an eye, your your temperature drops 
10 degrees on average. Oh, no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, that's really nutty. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that's, that's weird. A smoke bomb just went off. So, yeah, that's the movie, kid. Um, what a movie. Uh, what a great movie. So, I mean, are we going with Iron Man or White Chicken Chili? I mean, like. <laughs> I got to go Iron Man. Yeah, you know, it's close. I really like White Chicken Chili, but I love uh, Iron Man. White Chicken Chili almost killed my wife. So, I got to go. I think I have to go with Iron oh, Man. Yeah, jeez. Maybe we should have really chosen a different soup along, <laughs> along with a different theme for our podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, let me see if I have any other fun facts about the movie. Um, My favorite quote in the movie is when Robert Downey Jr. is like coming to beat up the Iron Monger and he just yells, Stain! As he yeah. into it. <laughs> that's really great. I, just, I, don't, I had this stupid Larry the Cable Guy voice in my head going, like, That's what I say every time I peek in my britches. Get it in there! I saved that for the end so only the people who really made up their minds about us already can be around for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah great. Here's a fun little fact. Uh, during the final battle, they're originally going to be a sequence. This sounds so dumb, okay. honestly, where Tony in his Iron Man suit was going to drive an Audi R8 into Iron Monger's legs and knock him over. What? And then he would like rip himself out of it. Why would he? Were they sponsoring the movie or something like that? Out of your I don't know. I think so. But when they were trying to do it in the scene, the the Audi R8 is so well built that it wouldn't flip over the way they wanted it to. <laughs> and then when they were trying to rip it in half, it it wouldn't like break. Wow. The way they wanted it. So they ended up like I think uh, using a version of it in the next movie to be like. Yeah, you you fucked us, but you're a well-made car. <laughs> That's insane. Huh. Oh yeah, another thing was for that when he's testing his flight capabilities, mm -hmm. uh, they used a wire rig, but instead of putting it on his torso, they put it on his boots to make it more realistic, uh, more wobbly, for, and uh, oh, yeah, that's smart. So that's why when you watch it, it does look like yeah, that's how that would work. Huh. Again, impressive too because. I feel like, you know, if you're going to make a movie star fly, you could probably just do it with a computer. But I appreciate the yeah. fact that they went that extra mile and, you know, put Robert Downey Jr.'s life in danger. And, uh... yeah. <laughs> Here's another segment we can add to the podcast. Yes. Um, who else would have directed this movie? And we'll think of a better name for it. But originally attached to direct this in 1999 was Quentin Tarantino. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. Was was that when um, Samuel L. Jackson signed up for to be Nick Fury? Yeah. <laughs> um actually, oh, Nick Fury is Nick Fury because in the Ultimate Comics they base Nick Fury off of Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, like prior to casting in the movie? They just based Yeah, that? that's amazing. Yeah. Um cuz I guess he was uh, a huge comic book fan and would hang out in comic book stores in LA. Mm -hmm. And so um, they, when Marvel found out about that, they're like, let's make them Samuel Jackson. So they based off it. And there's even like a, a line in one of the, the Marvel comics where they go, who would play us in a movie? And he's like, I'd be Samuel L. Jackson. That's fantastic. 
that's amazing <laughs> and i i think on the same page he says uh he's like my nose has been busted more than robert downey jr's car <laughs> <laughs> i think they definitely um made a big jump in quality between the first person to play uh nick fury in a live action role and samuel l jackson <laughs> Yes. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it was David Hasselhoff. It was, it was David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, so it was Quentin Tarantino. He was approached to write and direct, and then Josh Sweden was in negotiations. Huh. And then um, Nick Cassiavetes was hired as a director, um, but that fell through. So then John Favreau was finally hired, and then Josh Sweden would come back to direct Iron Man and the Avengers and Avengers 2. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, uh, I don't know, had John Favreau ever really done any action before this? Or was this kind of like... No. Yeah, so that's another huge gamble. I mean, he was an awesome director, but he mm-hmm. was like so good with like snappy dialogue and interplay. Um, he yeah. had done Elf before this, right? But Yes, okay. that was 03. So yeah. he did Elf, and for some reason they were like, this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> it was a, a masterstroke. It was absolutely amazing. Well, I was um, independent from this. I was actually listening to Paul Rudd on a podcast, and he was talking about Kevin Feige and said that he's a huge comedy fan. That's why um, in Ant-Man, Adam McKay was going to direct it, and he helped. He co-wrote it, wrote the first Ant-Man, and uh, Neil Hamburger is in it. Oh, God, that's right. I forgot he was in that. (laughs) And then I think Tim Heidecker is in Ant-Man 2 for a second. But yeah, he's a he's a big comedy fan, so I guess it was like John Favreau, he could probably direct an action movie. I mean, his, I'll tell you what, like I feel like the movies recently have gone too far into comedy. Um, not all of them, but some of them have gone like about 30% too hard into comedy. But when mm-hmm. they were doing everything right, they had as good of a balance between action and comedy and, you know, any other movie series um, or really just any other action movies I can ever remember seeing. Like they all kind of have yeah. that like uh, Shane Black sort of snappiness to them in their very best moments. And then Shane yeah, Black yeah. came back and actually did Iron Man 3, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Did you know while there, um, Robert Downey Jr. said the only way that he would do Iron Man 4 before he died and, you know, Avengers and all that. But uh, the only way he would do Iron Man 4 is if they hired Mel Gibson to direct because he, he loved Mel Gibson and he wanted him to get another shot in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. He's like, that's literally the only way I'm doing Iron Man 4. I did not hear that, but I did see him like doing some speech where he thanked Mel Gibson. I guess Mel Gibson is like 100% responsible for him getting sober. Oh, that's good. And he was a sponsor and stuff, so that would make sense. Yeah. But also, big bummer. Yeah. <laughs> what if Iron Man 4 was all about Iron Man fighting the Jews? <laughs> <laughs> the, t- the poster just says, finally. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Iron Man fights Gold Man. <laughs> Berg. Uh, I like that we wait yeah. till the end of our podcast to get canceled. I think it's... Sure. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, most people are tuned out by now. <laughs> uh, one more thing I was going to say about this was that this was the first Marvel movie. They sold the rights to Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, and the X-Men in the 90s when Marvel was broke as a company mm-hmm. and going bankrupt. And for Iron Man... I think they made like a six picture deal with Paramount to where if the movies failed, Paramount would own the rights to the rest of their characters. What? Yeah. They gambled so hard on this. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and it paid off. And then within four movies, I think 
they bought out of their deal and the rest is history. They got bought by Disney and damn, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, there's a little fun fact. Um, I thought it was great. I like y'all. Yeah. I like y'all's fun fact. All right. So what do you think, Cody? Perfect cast or Hulk smash? Oh, perfect cast. Yeah. This one. There's no question. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a little continuity nerd in me that would have liked to see the same roadie roads throughout all the movies. But sure. you know what? Terrence Howard did great. I actually loved him in this. Yeah. This is my favorite of his roles. Same. Um, yeah, I would I would say perfect cast. What do you think, buddy? Same, same. And as a continuity nerd, I love that the guy that Obadiah Stane yells at comes back in Spider-Man Far From Home as one of the team of bad guys. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that was such a cool idea to like take these background characters from other movies and and make them into a team of like super villains yeah. who would have ever noticed that guy nobody yeah <laughs> but, especially since he's wearing an insane bald cap <laughs> i have a major question for you that i think we need to address is yeah. it fair to say that this is the best superhero movie to feature a cameo from jim kramer <laughs> it might be i'm gonna say yes yeah. Actually, I think I just realized who that guy was. Jim Cramer? Yeah, he was on MSNBC. No. For... no, I know who Jim Cramer is. The the guy in the bald cap. Do you know who that no. is? Is that a guy? It's Ralphie from A Christmas Story. No. That's Peter Billingsley? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. What? No. Yeah. That guy? The bullied guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. They missed some opportunities there. Like he, he should have gotten his eye shot out or something like that. Like, <laughs> he might in um in uh, far from that's home. That's unbelievable! Oh my god! Yeah. Huh. Well, there's the podcast, buddy. Ooh, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, it was. A, it was a real hot hoot nanny. Say it was a perfect cast. <laughs> it was a perfect cast. Now, um, now Iron Man two is is considered one of the weaker ones of the franchise would you what would you do with the sequel so if i could start it from scratch sure yeah. uh i would just have more of a plot this time around <laughs> like yeah. it's it's a pretty harsh assessment i liked whiplash and i yeah. liked the i liked having justin hammer in there but i felt like mm-hmm. the movie just needed more of like a strong through line oh and you know the biggest thing that i would change with a sequel is that Tony just didn't seem like he was having any fun. The first movie is like, right. you know, other than Tony being in the cave, it was like he was in cave mode the whole movie, and he never had a good mm-hmm. time. All the other ones, they got it right. Yeah. But uh, that that would be my biggest change. Um, that's really all I'm thinking of right now. What would you do different? Yeah, I would, um, I would like to see more of a... I guess it was like an armored battle fight. I don't know, maybe one strong villain instead of two haphazard villains yeah neither one of whom really feel like a major threat yeah and whiplash um they just completely destroyed who that character is in the comics compared to what he is in that movie really i don't know uh (laughs) (laughs) that was a bold statement and you didn't even fucking believe it (laughs) uh yeah fucker no he's like he well he wasn't he's not an armored fighter he just has the two the whippies just a whippy boy so he doesn't so okay so he's a sassy whippy boy 
but he doesn't even yeah, have like he boy. doesn't even have electro whips he has electro whips but he's not in a big suit remember in the end he has like a full suit with a full fleet of of uh, iron slaves <laughs> gosh this, this movie's a lot uh, heavier into bdsm imagery than i thought <laughs> a tattooed guy with whips and no shirt leading his <laughs> leading his legion of slaves against <laughs> against a recovering addict all right this is incredible. <laughs> sign me up <laughs> i'm in <laughs> oh yeah this was this came out in 2008 and the budget was 140 million about it made 318 million that's it i felt like that should have made so much more i thought so too yeah but um it was the second highest grossing film of the year huh. behind the dark knight okay i guess things have just changed so much that it's like you, you hear about a hit movie and you think it's going to make at least i don't know 600 or 700 million but didn't the dark knight make a billion dollars <laughs> It kind of threw everything off. Um, yes, yeah, it did. Do you want? Do you want to guess what number three is? Okay. Um, number one is the Dark Knight. Number two is Iron Man. Number three is. Hmm. Uh, ah, this is wrong. But I'm going to say the Incredible Hulk. No, Incredible Hulk is. It's down there. Oh, can I change number fourteen? Can I change my guess? Yeah. Clash of the Titans. No. Okay. Then I have no idea. Wow, I thought I thought that would be higher. Oh, this is domestic box office. That's why. Oh, okay. Um, no, number three is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, followed by Hancock, which is <laughs> Hancock. <laughs> Hancock beat Wally. That is so crazy. All right, that's insane. Was <laughs> the last time you ever like? I got to check out Hancock. <laughs> I forgot about that movie I, as soon what? as I left the theater. <laughs> Every time it's on TV, I'll watch it. It's on TV? Yeah, it's on TBS all the time. Oh, okay. I've and seen Hitch time more times. Made, I've watched it twice. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> the two times it's been on. <laughs> Crystal Skull. I literally haven't seen that since that summer. Since the theater? Yes. Same. And I was yeah. just like, fuck this forever. I'm never going back. <laughs> you didn't like Mutt? No. <laughs> I'm super excited for the new one, though. It's the Logan director yeah. and the Wolverine director. Oh, that, yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. I, well, I wish we right, could kid. do some callbacks to our um, our vaulted episode. Yeah. <laughs> I got some well. great jokes about how the lady from Wolverine, her head is shaped like a triangle, but you guys are never going to get to Well, you're going to have to uh, keep listening, share with your friends, and then we'll get a Patreon, and maybe we'll throw that up in <laughs> two years. <laughs> I, I think we could get it up in a year and a half. I think. Yeah, maybe a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, kid. So we fully decided Iron Man over white chicken chili. Yes. Okay. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Well, we'll see you next time where we will be doing. Um, I was thinking a Batman movie. Mm. What do you think? Kid? That sounds good. Do we want to go? Uh, do we want to go recent Batman? Do we want to do old school Batman? What are we thinking here? Um, I was kind of debating between the Keaton or Batman Begins or the Batman. Hmm. You know, I would like to see the Batman again. Would you mind doing that one? Okay. Yeah. No. Let's right, do man, it. Let's do the Batman. Yeah. I'm just really looking for an excuse to talk about that little Caesar's Batman shaped pizza. 
It's, it's <laughs> all I want. It's all I've ever wanted. The Bat Zoni or whatever. <laughs> this is a serious Batman. <laughs> oh my God. That's what. That's. Okay, from here on out, we're going to have to find the most ridiculous piece of merch from every movie. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, kid. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Well, all right. You too. I love I you. I love you too. Excelsior. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Comics on Film, FKA, Soup or Heroes. Uh, I am Mike Cronin, and uh, we really appreciate you listening on behalf of Michael Sean Cody. And if you like it, please rate, review, subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Comics on Film. And if you have any questions, you can email us at comicsonfilm at gmail.com. Uh, thanks. I hope you enjoyed our first episode. Like we said, it's a little choppy at first, but hey, baby, we're getting the hang of it. And uh, please tell all your friends if you like it. And if you don't, don't say shit, you know, don't be a dickhead. All right. As you can probably tell by my sultry voice, I am sick and shirtless. So I'm going to go oil up, baby. We'll see you next week for the Batman. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, we'd like to thank Aaron Siofi for our artwork and Carl Spaeth for the great soundtrack you just heard. Okay, still shirtless, still riddled with poison ivy, and probably have bronchitis. But I love you. Gotta go.